Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast, episode number 55. Man, we're uh, 55 episodes in. That's crazy. Started this thing over, man, was it in 2022 that I started shooting this? This is crazy. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoy the video, if you enjoy this podcast, if you uh, like what you hear, if you want other people to know about this podcast, please share it. Um, we're on YouTube, Rumble, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, every single podcasting platform that is out there. Um, so if you want to listen to it, if you want to watch it, there's a place for you to do so. So spread it far and wide. Um, we need to be upped in the algorithm a little more uh, just to grow. Um, it's a big year. 2024 is going to be a big year. It's going to be an interesting year. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but yeah. The more eyes we can get on the stories that we tell on this program or just the libertarian perspective in general, the better it's going to be for everyone in the state of Georgia and in the U.S. for that matter. Um, also, if you have any questions, if you are new to the podcast, if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party, what we believe, what we think, um, what we're doing around Georgia, go over to lpgeorgia.com. All your freedoms all the time is our current motto. Um, we have a whole bunch of different events happening at different uh, times during the year. This will show you, take, you can take the world's smallest political quiz, show you exactly what you really believe. Because for me, I had no idea what a libertarian was till 2019. Um, had no idea. Uh, didn't know that was a political party, didn't know anything about it. To be fair, I didn't really get into politics until about 2019. So um, it kind of makes sense that I learned about the LP then. But it became very clear upon taking that quiz, that smallest political quiz, that I was extremely libertarian and had no idea um, because I never really dove into what the principles are of different political parties. Um, I just kind of went along with what the primary messaging is in any given election year. Um, so I grew up Republican, went Democrat in, in college, and then hated both of those, just quit politics entirely, just quit paying attention at all, quit voting, all that kind of stuff. And then I found the LP and now I'm, I'm home and I'm more passionate about this than, than, anything else that I'd ever been with politics. Um, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be a part of a group of people trying to fight for individual rights, individual liberty, um, and do doing that on a regular daily basis. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions about our party, this is, this is, uh, where we, where you can find that lpgeorgia.com. If you want to find, uh, if you're not in Georgia and you want to find, stuff about the LP national, go to lp.org, lp.org to learn more about the national party. Um, in two weeks, is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Good Lord. We have our 2024 convention. 
It is January, two and a half weeks, January 26th through the 28th down in Conyers, Georgia. Tickets are $85. Um, we have some fantastic speakers coming. We have Spike Cohen, um, who was our vice presidential candidate last election cycle. He is fantastic speaker, fantastic dude. There's going to be a range day with him. Um, on the 26th. So if you, I think it's sold out now, but if, uh, <laughs> if you got your tickets, congrats. Um, there were very limited numbers to go to the range with Spike Cohen. We've got Shane Hazel, our former gubernatorial candidate, who there's a documentary on that I produced um, called Divide and Dominate, How the Powerful Steal More Power. It's out now on Amazon. Um, it's also on my website, peacefulsea.network, as well as uh, Odyssey. Eventually it'll be on Rumble, but Rumble doesn't have the option to, for me at least, for my company to sell videos at this point. So eventually it'll be on Rumble um, because we are really starting to like Rumble over YouTube. <laughs> um, we have Adam Nutter standing tall at exactly six feet. Comedian and podcast host Adam Nutter promises to inject humor and wit into our quest for freedom. What a great little bio for him. Um, he came on one of our shows two weeks, a few weeks ago, um, Liberty Libations, which comes on every Thursday night at 8 p.m. on all the channels. Um, yeah, YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, uh, what else? Twitter, Facebook. And I just got to, I just got to list those as quickly as humanly possible because um, it's those five every time. And I, yeah, they come out on Odyssey as well. So it's those six. Um, it's never live on Odyssey because Odyssey is is a, a work in progress. It's it requires more attention than most um, than most uh, of the streaming platforms. So yeah, it comes out a few hours later on on Odyssey. Uh, we have the Tower Gang Pod coming in for uh, uh, bold, unfiltered conversations. Um, they're known as the most offensive podcast. Toad, Cole, Top Lobster, and Clint. Um, we also have a presidential debate between all seven nomin or all seven um, candidates for our presidential run this year. Um, it will be hosted by Mr. Brad Binkley and Clint from Tower Gang. So make sure. Uh, Clint Russell from Tower Gang. Make sure you get your tickets to our convention this year. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have booths set up. There's going to be products that you can buy. There's going to be um, events you can sign up for, a lot of things to learn. It's going to be a great time. It's down in Conyers. If you're in Atlanta, that's just really not that far away. Um, got a beautiful lake out back. If it's not too cold, we can. Uh, there's some smokers out there. We can cook and hang out by the lake and um, just enjoy a weekend of hanging out with with libertarians and other like-minded folks um, learning about how to spread liberty in the state of Georgia and around um, and around the US and around the globe I guess but um, we'll stick to Georgia for now <laughs> all right y'all I am flying solo today but I have a video that I'd like to dissect this is from about a year ago it is a video um, called Where Libertarianism Fails with Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, it's a Ben Shapiro Daily Wire production. It, it's two very smart guys talking. I mean, if you haven't heard of Vivek Ramaswamy at this point, um, maybe you should go just search his name on YouTube. 
He is a very interesting presidential candidate in the Republican Party. He used to be a libertarian, according to him, um, but he has problems with it. And we're going to talk about why he has problems with it or what his problems are with it and um, kind of point out where he is mistaken and where he's kind of unfair to to the libertarian party in general. So let's get into it. We're going to watch a f uh, three minutes of this before I pause it and then a couple more minutes before I pause it again. So um, let's pull it up. Here we go. I've been relying to my own ideology more and more on the idea that you can only have yeah, you know, that universalism essentially doesn't apply. That particularism is the way to go. What I mean by this, by levels that, of government. Yes, exactly. That, that you can do a lot of things at the local level in terms of government, in terms of in terms of community building. All that stuff is not off the table. Like yeah, the libertarian yeah, ideal doesn't apply at the very local level because the fact is that you and your friends, when you have an HOA, there are tons of restrictions that you live under as an HOA. And I live in my local Jewish community. There are all sorts of social restrictions that we put in place with regard to one another that violate kind of libertarian prescriptions. If we see one of our kids doing something wrong, I notify my friends. If somebody yeah. falls short, I'm giving charity to their family. If, if I know that somebody's doing something wrong, I go to them and I try them. We have people who are not, who just, are not welcome at the synagogue because they violated the, the social precepts. The communitarian model works at the level, like if the family is the fundamental unit and that, and that it's sort of like- Families are communists, uh, uh, right? Exactly, you have exactly. a joint bank account with your wife, Communist right? to communitarian to, that's an interesting- And then as you abstract up, then on a practical level, because there is no brotherhood of man, because Americans hold less in common than Floridians and Floridians hold less in common than people who live in my area, you know, that, that as you abstract up the chain, if you wish to live together in a common polity, you're gonna to have to have fewer rules. You can't yeah. have as many rules because there's just less for us to agree on. And ironically, what's happened is that we've actually reversed it. So what's happened is that we've gotten very libertarian about sort of our local communities and very nationalistic about the top level of government. Yeah, yeah, it's we, like, okay, well, our local community, we've got to defund the police. On our local community, I don't want anybody telling me what I can do in the privacy of my own home. But on the federal level... Okay, so we'll pause there for a moment. Um, yeah, he's technically correct um, in a way. So libertarians have always been about libertarianism at the federal level. Um, for the past 50, 60 years. So in that way, he is incorrect. I definitely do not want people telling me what to do with my own property, but I also do not want the federal government to strike, strike uh, put down laws that are affecting me that have nothing to do with me and that only restrict what I am able to do with my, with, with what I earn, what I make, what I produce, all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what he's talking about is this old saying where I want my federal government to be libertarian, I want my state government to be Republican, I want my city government to be democratic, and I want my like local government to be um, like communist, socialist, whatever. Basically, we we all want a libertarian federal government because they're going to talk about it here in a second, where you can't put down laws for 325 odd million people because no one has the same ideals. No one has the same thoughts. And when you put in 325 million people into a pot and you put a law that affects people in cities positively, supposedly, or, and then also affects people negatively who live in the countryside, that's never going to work because all these, all the people in the countryside, all they see is their money going away for a law to make laws or do things that they don't agree with and that never actually affects them. They actually talked about this um, 
Taylor who's the guy who wrote um, Yellowstone. I forget his name. Joe Rogan and Taylor Tad Gum Sheridan. Yeah, Taylor Sheridan talked about this on Rogan's podcast the other day, where like when Sheridan isn't in Texas, he ha- he's lives in a tiny, tiny town in Wyoming of 175 people, and he he talks about how the only interaction with the federal government that that the the people in that town have is one the military because a lot of them go into the military and two taxes that's it because all those things that they pay taxes for they the the things that they're promised or the like the roads or whatever societal um things that they are promised uh like uh services governmental services um never actually reach a town of 175 people because they're not needed because most of the time in a in a town that small that size people look out for each other um everybody knows what's going on everybody can help out when they need to they can help each other up exactly what ben was just talking about where you know if if they're in a small community he he will go help out another family who maybe fell short financially one month or one year whatever um and so the only time that these people in this tiny little town are interacting with the federal government is when their taxes are taken away or they join the military. And there's something, I mean, it's just no wonder people dislike the federal government because of that um, in the, in the countryside, especially like out and out in the, out in the country. Um, So yeah, let's, let's, let's keep listening to what, what Ben and Vivek have to say. Up the chain. If you wish to live together in a common polity, you're going to have to have fewer rules. You can't have as many rules because there's just less for us to agree on. And ironically, what's happened is that we've actually reversed it. So what's happened is that we've gotten very libertarian about sort of our local communities and very nationalistic about the top level of government. It's like, okay, well, our local community, we've got to defund the police. On our local community, I don't want anybody telling me what I can do in the privacy of my own home. But on the federal level, man, I want the federal government subsidizing every single thing I do, regulating every single thing that I do in my house. Well, that's the area where we disagree on everything. So why are we granting extraordinary powers to a government that's distant from us and governs 330 million people? So here's what I love about that. Um, So I I, I want to, this is a new idea. It, 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 it's a, but it's, it's an, also a bit of a different take on liberty. It's, Meaning, it's, it's an affirmative vision, though, and, and I and I love it. So, so, so is that the one I'm I'm like a hundred percent behind? Or I, I don't know. Yeah. I, need to, I need to process that. There's a lot yeah, there. I mean, th- I think that what that comes I'm down like, to also is a fundamental difference in how conservatives think about liberty. So, conservatives tend to think of liberty as you can think of it as either inherent or instrumental in terms of its value. Either liberty is good for its own sake, of course, of course, or it's good in order to achieve something, yep. right? And so the the I think that for too long, a lot of conservatives have fallen into the classical liberal argument that liberty in and of itself is an ideal. Yeah. And the reality is that conservatism doesn't argue that. It argues that liberty within certain boundaries, right, ordered liberty is a good yeah. thing. So how do you order that liberty? You order it more on the local level. Yeah. As you abstract up, you're going to have to allow for the possibility of more liberty because people in San Francisco don't live like people I got you. Yep. Yep. living in Alabama. Yeah, I got you. But the, the, the very core idea of how conservatives argue has been predicated on the wrong thing. They've right. been arguing instead of balancing liberty within particular roles and communities. Instead of arguing liberty is its own inherent good. And so what the left has done is they've taken that and they've turned it in on itself. Right? Liberty. We were discussing another context. So, so everything I have said so far, I am high conviction in. I'm now going to say some things that I'm going to tell you. Uh, my level of conviction in the things I'm about to say goes down, mm-hmm. but I think it's a conversation we need to be having to move the ball forward in the movement. Okay. So my concern 
so, so what I love about that is actually a coherent affirmative vision. It, it also, another thing I love about it, actually, before I get to my concern about it, another thing I love about it is another reason I don't call myself a libertarian anymore, which is a totally different reason than the, than the failures of the individual standard bearers of the movement, which is what I discussed before, is that libertarianism has nothing to say about what it is we do in that world that's unshackled from government restraint. Great. Right. Let's, let's say we snap our fingers and we go. Not really that true. Um, definitely not true. Uh, libertarian has nothing to say once the structures are down and the government is how we want it. I mean, it's true in a sense, um, but what they're doing right here is very unfair. They're comparing a governmental philosophy, a political philosophy to a societal philosophy. So conservatism is not a, a political philosophy. And they're comparing these two as if they're just interchangeable. Like conservatives tend to be Republicans um, because conservatism isn't a political party. So you, you have a bunch of conservatives in the Republican party because that's where they fit the most. And so they use the political party of the Republicans in order to further their goals and their agenda. So comparing libertarianism to conservatism is, is not the same thing. It's, it's apples and oranges. They're, they're, they're very different. Um, yeah, what our philosophy does is it allows people to decide for themselves what they're going to do, who they're going to interact with, transact with. I mean, it really is the ultimate freedom when it comes to having a government. Um, yeah, let's 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 finish. Um, we got about a minute twenty left of this. Got there, right? Okay, what do we do as human beings now? Right, right. that's right. Maybe maybe the Torah has something to say about that. Maybe the Bhagavad Gita has something to say about right. that. Okay, maybe the Bible has something to say about that. But but libertarianism has nothing to say about that. That's right. And, and as a human being, as a citizen, as a as an agent in the world, as a thinking person, as a as a person who aspires to be a moral person. I care about the answers to those questions in a way that a libertarian is not necessarily saying the wrong answer or the right answer. There's just silence on that right. question. And so, so the idea of, of you know what you might call virtue, okay, right, that that, that becomes that becomes pretty important for the full scope of the way a human being is to live his life. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 even more important even in the capitalist worldview and, and extracting the virtue of capitalism That's itself. Right. Where one of the things that I've frequently argued to sort of I would say confused conservative responses and, and confused for good reasons is that. Virtue is not a product of capitalism. So, so there, there are the, there are the true. All right, we can pause there. Um, we can stop that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they're they're making this point repeatedly, and they're they continue to compare these two things that are not the same. Um, like, uh, there's no way for libertarianism to have something to say about what you do outside of government because. It is only a political philosophy and conservatism involves a whole bunch of things that have nothing to do with politics. And you just want to enforce rules upon people um, that don't necessarily believe what you believe. And that is the difference. It's conservatism is I wouldn't call it a religion, but it is more a religion than libertarianism is. Um, and so that that's where I have the biggest issue with this particular video. But I, th I think it he also makes some really good points. And so like the the. Libertarianism being 
the smallest government possible where our basic human rights are protected. There is a foundation for society in that regard. Um, but the essence of libertarianism is that it's individuality, is that it's it's fighting for individual rights so that you are allowed to do whatever you want, which means there are very strict rules as to what basic human rights are, because that's what we believe in. We believe in um, the right to you and yourself. I mean, don't steal people and don't don't hurt people and don't uh, steal their stuff. Um, that's a very basic line that libertarians tend to use. And so there is a foundation for some type of cohesion societally, but he's right. Like there are so many things that Republicans and conservatives agree on, conservative Republicans agree on. Um, and it's because they're all raised in a very similar society um, in a very similar way with similar values that have nothing to do with politics. And so it allows them to be far more united and one voice compared to what the Libertarian Party is. And it's just, it's a really difficult thing because I would love for us to be able to unite behind something. We're going to talk about that here in a little while, but it puts us at a disadvantage that we don't have one or two or three things, values outside of, of politics that we, uh, that we all can get behind and all agree to. So the, the libertarian philosophy gives people a foundation of just basic human rights and the federal government protecting those rights in a similar way to how the Constitution and like America was founded. Um, like these are our rights. Federal government is there to protect them and do nothing else. Um, and so the issue with that is when you have get a bunch of libertarians together or when you're no, no let me let me let me go back. When you're trying to convince people to join the libertarian party or picture what a libertarian world would be like, people don't have imaginations. People can't picture it because it's really hard for people to picture a world that doesn't involve the government being in our everyday lives. It's it's hard for people to understand what things would be like if the government wasn't as impactful and influential and powerful as it is right now. It's just hard for people to, to imagine things outside of what they know. Um, I think imagination has been erased from the brains of millions of people. Um, in fact, actually, hang on. I think I have a video, have a video that describes just that. Let's uh, pull it up real quick. In the 1960s, and it was really um, uh, commissioned by NASA because they wanted to know how to hire more geniuses. So they hired George Land and his team to go out and figure out like what makes a genius. So they started with a group of five-year-olds and they gave them a creativity test. So the way they defined genius was how do you use your creative imagination to solve problems? And what they found was of this group of five-year-olds, 98% qualified as geniuses. Then they came back five years later when this group was 10 years old and it was down to 30%. 
five years later at 15, it was down to 12%. And then I think they just kind of gave up and like discussed, but George Land took it further and went out and surveyed adults and found that only 2% of adults. And the thing that's also very interesting is he attributed this to school. 100% to school, that you would take a population, 98% genius, and dumb them down to 2%. And one of his quotes that I love is he said, uncreative behavior and thinking is learned. That was done in- See, I don't think it's the fault of the people necessarily that our creativity and our genius has been taken from us. Um, the government started growing rapidly in the early 1900s and the federal public education system was formed in the 1970s. And that gives you between 50 and 120 years of schooling done through the government, um, or at least with a very large government influence um, of ripping that creativity and that genius away from people starting from when they are six or seven years old. And so I don't think it's it's people's fault that they can't picture these things because it's a hard thing to picture, especially after you have had your creativity taken away from you for so long, um, for generations. So I think telling someone that if we libertarians win, and get what we want, you will be freer and able to make all of your own decisions about every aspect of your life. I think that's a terrifying thought to most people. I think it's at least an unsettling thought. We've been conditioned over the last 120 some odd years to accept and even encourage, encourage government to come into our lives and decide what we can and can't do, especially at the federal level. Um, I mean, that's a long time. That's a long span of time to have to undo and work towards regaining that creativity and convincing people to go back to where we came from, to a time when the federal government could do almost nothing and had to borrow money in order to, let's say, fight a war or implement some type of social program that wouldn't actually do any good for anybody. They just weren't able to before they started taxing everybody. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just a really difficult thing to convince people of, to have them picture um, in their brain. And I think that's the turnoff of a lot of people. I think it's a, a point where a lot of people are just like, yeah, I just don't see it. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of research. And it is. It's a lot of work and a lot of research. Um, yeah, I think the biggest issue that we have is that we aren't all living by the same values. The right has so many shared values outside of government and politics, as does the left. Like, what are ours? Ours is, blah, blah, blah. Ours is individuality, which in and of itself makes us fragmented. We need to figure out at least one thing to all like rally behind that impacts culture. Um, even if it happens to impact politics as well, that's not as important. It needs to be something where culturally it connects with people 
um, it, it, people understand and connect with it on an emotional level. Um, because people, so many people run on emotions. Um, and like an, emotions is the easiest way to get into somebody's heart and to, to befriend them and understand them and empathize with them and know their situation. Um, emotions is, is a massive part of, of the human experience. And so connecting with people on an emotional level is a, is a huge thing. Um, let's see. I'm, I have a lot of notes that I wrote for this episode. So apologies. I'm going to keep on looking over here at these. Um, let's see. The first few things that came to mind for me in this regard is finding things that, that culturally will impact people is one kids and homeschooling, just schooling in general. I think 2020 was a massive, um, opportunity for us to really, really, really start pushing homeschooling and the lack of quality education that your children get at public schools. Um, and I think one, I've been watching a bunch of homeschool videos recently, and one of them talked about how there were a whole bunch of parents who just, once they started homeschooling, did not understand how easy it actually was not to say it's easy, but it's easier than you think it is according to a whole bunch of parents. And I've seen, um, videos that say that give like different hours, how many hours it takes each day to go through what you would consider a regular school day at home. And it was like from age zero to five is, is 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. Um, and then I think high school level was like one and a half to three hours a day. So basically three hours a day would be the max you would need to spend teaching your children what they would need to learn in society to, to function in a business world or function, you know, in, 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 in the economy that we currently have. Um, the rest of the time they could be following you around, learning what you do, watching you. Um, learning from your mistakes and your triumphs and all of that kind of stuff. So that was an interesting one that I thought of um, just right off the top of my head. Bitcoin was another one, the way we transact with people, um, the currency that we transact with, with which we transact. Um, people see those dollars just getting less and less valuable in their bank account. They see inflation skyrocketing. That's something that's going to be around. Bitcoin, gold, silver, real estate, these things are, pardon the, pardon the pun, gold mines for us. These are things we should be pushing constantly. Libertarian Party should be all in on Bitcoin all the time. Um, it is, <laughs> we're not going to do a whole thing. I, I put out two repeat episodes in December talking about Bitcoin and why is such an important thing in today's world. So that was one of them. Firearms was another. Firearms jives with fewer people than those first two, but firearms was another one that I thought of. Um, I'm sure there are plenty more. And here's the thing. You don't personally have to love what it is as a libertarian, but we have to find something to unite us and bring in new people. 
because we need more people in this party speaking out and joining our cause. Um, we can't we can't keep operating the way we're operating right now. Um, we have to grow ex we have to grow much, much quicker if we want things to change. Um, it takes a very long time and it takes a whole lot of effort. But there are a lot of people, including myself, who are out here putting in a lot of time to try to expand our party and more than that, help people understand the basics of why government exists and why it needs to be small, if it exists. Me personally, I'm an anarchist, so I don't believe government should exist, but um, as a libertarian, that's what I'm pushing for, is the smallest federal government humanly possible. Um, so how do you convince people that we're the party they should be joining? Well, I am under the impression that it is through three things, leadership, kindness, and demonstrating that we have a plan and we know how to get to the end goal. All right, let's tackle those one by one. Um, leadership. We've got some really great leaders in the party and party adjacent. Um, Spike Cohen, Larry Sharp, Angela McCarl. I mean, they're like whatever flavor is your libertarianism. Um, there's someone out there espousing those espousing our principles in a convincing way. Um, what we need is more leaders. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on camera talking to a whole bunch of people, making giant speeches. Um, you don't necessarily need or want to have the spotlight. I mean, most libertarians don't, and they definitely don't want to get involved in government in the thing that they hate most. Um, it's abhorrent to our very nature. However, if you truly believe in this cause and what we're trying to fight for, you must get involved. You must sacrifice for it. You have to. It is an imperative. Otherwise, your dedication will be questioned and no one will take you seriously. 2024 is going to be an incredibly interesting um, and delicate year. Now is the perfect time to step up and lead people to the party. You can do that through so, I mean, there's just so many ways to do that. Campaigning for a libertarian candidate, uh, going door to door, making phone calls, going to your town or city's events and meeting folks, um, talking to them face to face and finding out like what's important to them. There's a libertarian solution to every single governmental problem that exists. Tell them about it. Tell them about our solutions um, in a very calm, meaningful, sympathetic and empathetic way, which just leads perfectly into the next bullet point, which is kindness. Um, yeah. Look, I have zero faith in the comment section of social media to convince anyone of anything, especially on Twitter. I do, however, think that people will listen to a well thought out argument presented in a well, in a presented, sorry, presented with respect and kindness. Um, Kindness is a word that is misused incredibly often. It's misused a lot, actually. Um, people seem to think that kindness and niceness are the same thing. They're not. Niceness involves surface level compliments or letting things go. It involves little white lies like no 
you don't look fat in that dress, or yes, I'm definitely going to watch that movie you suggested when you have little to no intention of actually watching that movie. Um, kindness, on the other hand, is loving. It's empathetic. It's going beyond the superficial and putting the well-being of others before yourself. And yes, kindness is also telling harsh truths to people. And yes, kindness is also telling harsh truths. That is essential. If you think someone, especially in our world, if you think someone is, is misrepresenting or completely lying about what we believe in, you have to call them out and you have to tell them they're going down the wrong path. Try to do so in an empathetic and kind way. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Being a jerk gets you nowhere. Um, it might get you somewhere in the very short term, but it gets you nowhere in the long term. Um, I've yet to hear of a time when someone who's getting berated ends up agreeing with the person who's berating them. Show me an example of when that's happened. Um, it just it just doesn't, that's just not going to happen because that's not how people operate. They will end up getting defensive. They will end up arguing. They will end up hating that person and everything they stand for. So choose the route of kindness. Um, what people do respond to is you listening to them and hearing them. Quit thinking about your next argument and engage them on their ground without bringing up your arguments for a little while. You can get to all that later. We will never win people over if they don't feel like we understand them, which leads me to the final point. Having a plan. We have a lot of stuff to say as libertarians. We have a lot of problems with society and the way the government is run. Um, we don't have as many plans as we do thoughts. <laughs> uh, they People will never be won over if they don't think we have a real actionable plan with real examples of how it works. This is where reading and learning about our philosophy is so important. We don't have the luxury of being in a position of power where people automatically want to listen to us. If someone sees a chink in the armor, a flaw in the philosophy that you cannot explain or defend, most people will be turned off by your entire pitch and just dismiss you right then. They throw out the baby with the bathwater. So be like, that's just what happens. Like that's how human, that's how humans work, especially nowadays when people want instant gratification and pay off right off the bat. Um, so we need to read, we need to listen. Um, we need to research who, what, when, and where our campaigns have worked, our philosophy has worked, our ideas have made things better. We have a very interesting opportunity right now with uh, Javier Malay. <laughs> we need to see just how well he does, um, but disintegrating the number of governmental agencies that he has done um, is a very interesting and like tangible, like an applicable case study and how much waste there is in government and how we can get rid of it. Um, so keep an eye out on what's happening down, down in Argentina. Also El Salvador, the whole Bitcoin revolution down there has been, an has been enormously impactful for that country, which is why I think a 
huge libertarian push behind Bitcoin would be um, a very good, uh, good route to take. Oh, y'all, 2024 is going to be wild. Um, some people will get more entrenched in what they believe because they hate Biden or they hate Trump. Um, but there's going to be so many people who are overwhelmed and confused by what they're seeing, bombarded by all sorts of information from all sides. Um, and we just might have a shot at bringing a large number of people to the way of liberty. So, um, these are just some thoughts from me. These, these are, I think most of the thoughts that I've, I've laid out should be pretty practical, should be pretty on par with what libertarians generally believe. And I, I fully believe in everything that I've said. Um, I can't express enough how much kindness and empathy will go, how far kindness and empathy will go when interacting with people who um, do not believe the same thing as you. The other parties are not the enemy, okay? Um, the left, the far left, the right, the far right, th those people are not the enemy. The enemy is the freaking government, okay? The enemy is the federal government and most state governments and even some county and city governments, okay? The enemy is people who get into power get into positions of power and take away or restrict what you're allowed to do with yourself and your property. That's the enemy. The enemy is not the person who loves Donald Trump, who's at a bar just hanging out with his buddies on a Friday night. It's not anybody in particular in the Democratic Party. Now, as far as like news reporters and things like that on CNN and stuff, yeah, uh, you, you, you could consider them the, the enemy. But like your in-laws who believe the exact opposite of what you believe are not the enemy. They are potential future converts to the way of liberty. So start treating them as such. Treat them gently, be patient, and get them there. Because over time, Logic does win. Over a long period of time, logic does win because emotions run hot and burn out. Okay? People get emotional and then it goes away. And then they'll get emotional about something else and then it goes away. If you can reapply and reinforce logic in any situation to those around you that are not on the same page as you, every single time something happens, you have a better shot than just berating them and yelling at them and ignoring their points and ignoring their concerns. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it for today. Um, yeah. Sorry, this came out on Tuesday instead of, instead of Monday. Yesterday was a national championship, which is a huge deal for me. I was planning on recording yesterday. Um, but I just got so far behind and then, uh, I had people coming over for the game. So, it was what it was. Um, yeah. Thank you all so much for watching this episode. I really appreciate it. Drop a like on the video. Share the video. Subscribe to our channels. Just share it with everybody you know. Um, we're really pushing hard this year to grow this party and to become a force um, in, in politics here in Georgia and um, around the United States. So um, get your convention tickets now. 
It is in two and a half weeks, January 26th through the 28th in Conyers, Georgia. Go to lpgeorgia.com to learn more. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you Thursday night for Liberty Libations and next week's for some more free Georgia podcasts. Peace. Mm -hmm.